3: We'll talk about what a flippin' phony Joe Walsh is! Who's running against the president as a Republican congressman? Life's person. been good for him so far. Different Joe Walsh, complete, what? complete phony.
4: Um, Life's been so no, not that, not, Has he gained the endorsement of Don Henley?
3: Not that Joe Walsh. He'll get all the media attention he wants, though, because he's a Republican saying <laughs> mean things about Trump. So he's going to get a tremendous amount of attention, which you know. I get it. I understand. I understand his motivations.
4: Whose chances do you like better, Bill Weld or Joe Walsh? Um, so Bill I'm Weld, watching. Republican, allegedly running against Trump. So
3: I'm watching uh, ABC uh, this week yesterday with George Stephanopoulos, and they do a segment every week with this guy Nate Silver from five thirty eight. Is that the name of his yes. website? Yes, correct. He's a numbers guy. He crunches numbers. Silver. And I find him pretty darn interesting, and I've seen uh, people on the right uh, screaming about his uh, bias, and I've seen people on the left screaming about he's a conservative trying to do this. So hmm. makes I haven't done that
4: idea, but okay. Oh, uh,
3: they kill him on uh, Morning Joe and MSNBC all the time.
4: Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. How funny. So I think he's
3: just you know, I, mean, I think if you crunch the numbers. <laughs> Sometimes they make your side happy. Sometimes they make the other side happy. I think that's the way it comes out sometimes. But anyway, they did this long thing. He did this long thing about the possibility of a recession and how that would be the most damaging thing that could happen to Trump. Backed up by lots of statistics going back to uh, Bush 1 and Clinton and uh, you know Carter and uh, just recessions that have happened and how it, they affected presidents and uh, stock market drops and various things have happened in the last week. So after doing several minutes of that, he ends with this. There's one pretty big silver lining for the president. Economists are really bad at predicting recessions. Historically, they've shown almost no ability to forecast recessions more than about six to nine months in advance. So any assumptions about what the economy is going to look like in November 2020 when voters are back at the polls are hazy at best. So after several minutes of focusing on how damaging a recession would be and everything, he gets to his big climax and says, uh, it's worth pointing out that economists have no ability to predict recessions. <laughs> And we don't have any idea when they're going to happen, so so what was that previous three minutes about? You know, what's funny is... Or the whole show for for the past week on a lot of cable news channels.
4: uh, Economists aren't even very good at diagnosing when you're in one, Right. because a recession is two consecutive quarters of negative economic
3: growth. Regularly, it's announced that we've been in a recession for
4: however many months. Right, right. Because you can't tell. Right, yeah, so that well, keeps the cable news idiots talking. Uh, speaking of which, so maybe you've heard about the big poll that's out today. I think NBC Wall Street Journal, yeah, uh, that I, I love this headline, A Deep and Boiling Anger, which is the title of my autobiography, mm. by the way, the single volume. Of course, I have the three-volume one out that's each volume is like 2,500 pages. You're like that Swedish guy. And that just takes you through uh, age 25. I've tried to read his books. The one where he documents every single thing that's
3: ever happened to him. Mein Kampf is the name of the book. No, it's not. Yes, it is. That's a bad title. And Did anybody
4: say anything to him?
3: And it's like seven volumes, and it's just it's his whole life. He's just written about his life, and some people see it as the greatest art that has ever been made, and some people find it unreadable. I'm in the I'm in the latter camp.
4: <sighs> so does
3: he go? Somebody look like, up his him. name for me,
4: please. Then I uh, got up and I took a shower. I, I used Irish Spring as usual and. Kind of rubbed up the soap on me, and I, I shampooed and kind of sort of rinsed while I was Some shampooing. Some people find that level really. of
3: detail uh, like charming art. Like it's just <sighs> it's just like my life.
4: Oh, you realize I, your I time so on earth's limited, right? Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I, I always oh, so never autobi- delved into it. Your autobiography is like that. It's uh, a deep and oh yeah, mm-hmm. a deep and boiling anger is the more its a condensed version. <laughs> <laughs> but this uh, Wall Street Journal uh, NBC poll finds that uh, what is the number? Like seventy percent of people are, are seriously angry about the political system, and um, you know it's it's ten percent fewer Republicans than it was when Barack Obama was in the White House, and. Ten percent more Democrats than back when uh, Barry was was no way uh, treading the planks of Pennsylvania Avenue exactly, but um so yeah okay but we're all very very angry and I was amazed by this though, and this is something I'm looking at the numbers on the uh, the economy. Um, a couple of things. Number one, and, and they have a lot more on methodology here. I went to the original survey results, like that was furnished to the clients. And there's a lot more information, but that gives you a lot more to interpret. But they rotated when they asked you, what, how satisfied are you with the state of the U.S. economy today? There are two great revelations in this. And they, they alternated whether they would start with very dissatisfied or very satisfied. If you started with very satisfied, 31%, if I'm interpreting this correctly, if this chart is what I think it is, can that be, no, I'm sorry, you know what? I'm I'm confused by this chart. Never mind. But 21% said very satisfied, 36% said somewhat satisfied, and then it's a total of like 44 uh, percent unsatisfied or not sure. So, but you got 57 percent somewhat satisfied or, or better.
3: Well, I'm not sure I would ever you know it depends on my mood, I guess, but I don't know if I would ever answer a question. I'm very satisfied or very unsatisfied. I think I'd fall somewhere between those extremes. me.
4: But. yeah, I just I think it's interesting there is a 12 point gap between people who say they are satisfied with their financial situation and a, a smaller number, 12-point smaller number, that say they feel anxious and uncertain because the economy feels rocky and unpredictable. Isn't that the media? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if, if almost 70% say, I'm satisfied with my overall financial situation. Did you ever get the idea from watching the news that 70% of Americans that say, yeah, I'm doing fine? Nope.
3: No. 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 Who would not get
4: that. And at least a dozen points uh, less are saying, yeah, well, I'm super worried, though. That's just crazy. What are we doing to ourselves? Just 27% of those surveyed said they're confident that their children's generation will be better off than them. Down from thirty five percent in twenty seventeen.
3: Is that mandatory? I mean, I'd like it to be true, but well,
4: it's been true for a very long time. I know but it has,
3: and I would like it to be true again. But yeah, you keep I, spending more than you take in, you can't keep doing it forever.
4: Well, not only that, but as we've discussed before, the idea that it happened just because it's inevitable, or because God loves us, or because we're America, or something mm-hmm. like that, is just—it's just silly. We come out of World War II. We won, eight, right? We did. Mm-hmm. Uh with the help of the communists. People don't like to talk about that, but it's true. Um so we come out of World War II. Europe is leveled. It's piles of rocks here and there in cities that used to be famous. And Asia's just gotten started economically speaking. And that which isn't flattened, you know, itself, China, Japan, etc. Um, they're just they're they're, you know, squatting in huts is the way we've put it through the years. They're not very economically productive. Well, okay, so that's that's the reality in the 50s, a little less so in the 60s, but our economy just grew and grew and grew and grew and grew because we were, you know, I remember the expression, we're the breadbasket of the world. We're the everything in the world. We're the breadbasket and the TV maker and the clothier and the everything. uh, Right, the car salesman, the chemist. We were the everything of the world. And then Europe rebuilt and Asia exploded economically speaking, so that's not true anymore. Why is that shocking? Uh, I understand why it's disappointing, but I don't get why people think it's all that shocking. At the same time, standards of living have continued to increase, just not quite in the same way as they did in 1962. What are you going to do? Carl Ove Nasgard? is his name.
3: I've seen him interviewed a bunch of different times. schools. Nice he uh, he he wrote uh, a book called Mein Kampf. It's actually multiple volumes. Each one's like a gazillion pages about his entire life.
4: Well, isn't and that you're like into me that sort writing of thing, a book called ahead. Moby Dick? Shouldn't somebody at some point say, Hey, uh, brother, you realize there's like one of the most famous books ever written. It's about a whale and whaling and leadership. And anyway, have you thought of another title? I like Moby Dick. People think you're crazy. You can't write a book called Mein Kampf. Make a movie called the I'm God- not a fan of Hitler. Called The Godfather. No, it's about Star a close Wars. friend of the family who agreed to raise my kids in case I died. No, no, you just no. I'm telling you, it's a nice <laughs> script. I've read it. Call it something different. Anyway, nobody
3: said that to this guy. Well, it's one of the most. It's one of the best-selling books in the history of printing.
4: My struggle,
3: Mein yeah. Kampf. Yeah, absolutely. Worldwide, it's. Like the third or fourth most successful book in the history of printing. That's amazing. It's really? it's called
4: Mein Kampf. And you took a hack at it.
3: Oh, yeah. And found it just unreadable. Wow.
4: Just too dull?
3: To me it is, but maybe you'd find it beautiful or I don't know.
4: Yeah, I don't um, know. So I'm yeah. going to write my autobiography, honest to God. I'm going to call it The Bible. And just, you know, if people accidentally buy it and are pissed off, I'm going to tell, look, all retailers, here's the only thing I'm asking of you. No returns. All right? I'll give you this book a nice discount. <laughs> no returns. No return. <laughs> the I've, Bible!
3: I've written my autobiography. It's called Anna Karenina. <laughs> why, why would you call it that? Well, it's just, that's what the name of it is.
4: <laughs> stupid, stupid Norwegians.
3: Um, uh, duh, what was I going to say? Oh, you need to, you need to hear this, uh, just because it's being left out of a lot of your media stuff. So this guy's running against Trump for the nomination for president. What's his name again? Yeah. His name is Joe Walsh. Wow. He's not the musician Joe Walsh. But anyway, he, uh, part of his story is being left out. Perfect,
4: so That's not that Joe That's Walsh. why he's running. He wants <laughs> to share his prosperity with you and the next generation. But, can't but you need to know who this phony is. <laughs> Sometimes he goes to parties till
3: four. I hear that. So, stay tuned for that <laughs> coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: Armstrong and Getty show. I remember when I I think the country
5: can survive Trump's four year tantrum. But you give this guy another four years in the White House, right now he is George literally tweeting us into a recession. He'll tweet us into war.
3: Oh no, that's a warning from Republican Joe Walsh, who's running against Trump for the nomination. And, of course, because he's out there as Republicans Republican saying bad things about the president, he got f- full coverage on ABC this week with George Stephanopoulos, and then he was on Morning Joe on MSNBC this morning. He'll get all the airtime in the world he needs, even though he's got no chance, of course, whatsoever of making even a dent in the run for a nomination. They just love the idea of a Republican saying nasty stuff about Trump. That's all fine if it were anybody else. But do you know who Joe Walsh is? He's one of the original birthers. There are so many tweets and speeches out of there of him running on the whole... Uh, Obama's a Muslim, and he's going to turn this into a Muslim country stuff
4: Mm. that he was into. Oh, boy. That's his thing. Boy, and it's uh, extra hilarious, then, that the liberal media would be courting him because he's bad-mouthing Trump now. If if nothing else, this is a measure of their phoniness.
3: Now, Stephanopoulos did point this out, but it was (laughs) after... Giving him, you know, a good five minutes of running room of bad mouthing Trump before he got to this, and then once you get to this, you kind of got to ask the question: Well, why are you having him on the show? He's clearly just an opportunist who knows he can get on the, all these Ta-da! shows. He's a radio host, by the way. He's got a radio show. Oh, and this is, could be worse. And this raises his profile greatly by yeah. getting on, you know, national shows all across the country, bad mouthing Trump. Uh, Stephanopoulos said, uh, you want to make this case against the president. The question is, are you the best messenger? And Joe Walsh said, I helped created Trump. And George, that's not an easy thing to say. As part of the Tea Party class, I wanted to shake Washington up. I went beyond policy and idea differences. I got personal and I got hateful. I said some ugly things, and I apologize for that. Oh, well, he's
4: made amends. Why are you
3: so judgmental? Being a birther forever and saying racist things about Obama and Kamala Harris, I mean, beyond stuff Trump would even say. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, he is way out
0: there. He's
3: reviled by many people in his own party. Oh. Now he's a talk show host and he's running against president. And I feel bad. I'm apologizing. At least I apologize. I'm on your shore, burying my soul, apologizing. Trump never apologizes, so he's just an opportunist. Wow, which so is fine. Poor... He gets to be. Just it bothers me that the media falls for it and acts like he's now some something great that's going to fix the country.
4: Poor old milk toasty Bill Weld is thinking, what's the matter? Why can't I get on all those shows? And he has has been on them some because he's another Republican running against Trump, but. No, he will not. Uh, he will not have a gasp of air. I just find that hilarious. But I've changed. When was the last good, uh, solid uh, challenge from within a sitting president's party? Now Reagan famously challenged Ford and damn near uh, beat him. Yeah, in '76, right? Uh-huh. But but that's because Ford's path to the White House was so
3: weird. Pat Buchanan made quite a bit of noise against uh, Bush Senior. Won or, yeah. That's did he true. win New Hampshire? He finished high in one of those states. Um, never had a chance at the nomination, but, you know, made it difficult on the guy. But yeah, mostly, yeah. mostly
4: nothing happens. But Ted anyway, Kennedy tried to take on Carter as well in, in 80. Wasn't it 80 yeah. that he made his big? Uh,
3: I don't have any problem with that. Try. just, you don't get to be the, I'm going to go with something extreme to get all the attention and then go completely the other direction, uh, you know, when it suits me. I just, I don't like that sort of thing.
4: Weak. You don't think a guy should have the right to change his mind, Jack? Women? I mean, he changed his mind going from the James Gang uh, to Solo to the Eagles. That's a different Joe Walsh. Really? Um, no, that's a
3: different Joe Walsh. You got three women who are arrested for going topless in New Hampshire are asking the Supreme Court to take a look at their case. Free the nipple? They're part of the Free the Nipple campaign that's all across America. Is that really Free a it. big deal? Them.
4: As, is it really I guess imp- it's them in most cases. Is that really important? Oh, yeah, it's a measure of uh, equity, Jack, and uh, sexism or something. And finally, Brother. this... Hey, on this anniversary of women getting the right to vote, you're going to imprison their nipples? Like some sort of maniac? and finally... Some sort of dictator? What are you, Kim Jong-un over there? And finally,
3: this in Seattle, where they have uh, put together a musical. This year's musical is called Uncle Willie's Chocolate Factory. <laughs> it's a twist on the original Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, but this one takes on social justice issues... Specifically, gentrification and community.
4: Wow, that sounds great compared to being burned alive.
3: (laughs) I want to see the fat German kid get stuck in the pipe. That's all I want to (laughs) see. Augustus, no. (laughs) I don't want to hear about gentrification. I want to see the chick blow up into a giant blueberry. You know what I want? Not more candy. I want gay rights. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, this is good. This is real good. Oompa Loompa's going on strike. Oh, exactly. Daddy,
4: get me white people feeling white guilt.
0: Okay, honey, What's coming
4: I'll look up? into it.
3: What's coming up in your news, Marshall?
5: Little G7 twist. Iran's president says he wants a meeting with Trump. Protests not letting up in Hong Kong. And another Forbes rich listicle highest-paid actresses. Oh, wow, a special
3: twist. <laughs> God, dang <laughs> oh, it. Boy. They put these out twice a week now. Can I go watch <laughs> that
4: musical in Seattle?
3: <laughs> yo, yo, yo. So I was just watching a, um, a, a bout of Tear grass tear gas tennis there in Hong Kong. Oh yeah. As was tweeted out by Ian Bremer where the police throw tear gas at the protesters and then they actually had a racket and pick up the tear gas and throw it back over at them. Oh really? And then they throw the tear gas back at them.
0: Wow. Yeah. Yeah, there's been some really interesting videos of the ways that the protesters deal with tear gas. There was this one I saw, tear gas canister gets thrown into a crowd like this little subcommittee that i guess their job is to main or to contain tear gas they come over with a traffic cone put the traffic cone on top of it start dumping water into the thing to just try to drown it like, i don't i don't know the okay. physics behind mm-hmm. it yeah. but but yeah they they've developed you uh
1: Counter methods. Yeah,
3: and then that whole leaderless thing that we talked Counter about measures yes that leaderless thing that we talked about last week how they came up with this idea of not having a leader so there's not a specific person that can be arrested or shot or whatever that would really hurt the movement. Yeah, and I'm watching
4: the whole uh, countermeasures crew. They, they, they're they like a NASCAR crew. They got the gas masks on. They move in. They cap it. They douse it. They move to the next one.
3: Those are some brave people putting a lot yeah. of effort into what they're doing. Of course, they feel like their lives are at stake, mm-hmm. and they are. Certainly the futures. Their liberties, yeah. Yeah. Um, news now, with Marsha Phillips.
5: Along those same lines, authorities in Hong Kong are saying that dozens of protesters have been arrested this weekend. The clashes with the police getting more and more violent. Thousands of protesters marching in the rain today as anti-government demonstrators uh, continue uh, to display their anger in Hong Kong. <laughs> Police releasing a statement condemning protesters, quote, breaching the public peace, this after riot police used tear gas on the crowds, to which the protesters responded by throwing bricks and Molotov cocktails back at them. Huh. Meanwhile, you got the G7 wrapping up with French President Macron really working it. Oui. He was on stage before their final news conference with President Trump, telling Trump and the world that Iranian President Rouhani is willing to meet with any leader, including the president. Macron encouraging Trump to take part in such a meeting. This is a desperate
4: plea for me to remain
5: relevant. Trump saying, <laughs> Trump saying he'd be willing to meet with Rouhani if the circumstances were right. Macron defending the 2015 nuclear deal, saying Iran must never be allowed to get a nuclear weapon. But that a nuclear deal with Iran is better than no deal.
3: So, Macron was like a 17-year-old high school boy, and he started dating his 35-year-old teacher? That's how he ended up married to this woman? I believe so, yes. Yeah. What does that have to do with this story? Nothing. Nothing at all? Nothing. Not even a tiny bit.
5: You know, this is interesting because it follows it follows the uh, visit from Iran's foreign minister. He showed up at the G7. Macron had invited him to come so they could have discussions after those discussions at the uh, final news conference, that's when Macron and not makes this announcement. So there's some there's some uh, behind the scenes wheeling and dealing going on. I got to tell you that. Meanwhile, controversial former Arizona sheriff Joe Arpaio has announced he's going to run for his former job again in Maricopa County. Isn't he ninety six? He's eighty seven years old. <laughs> Wow. Saying, watch out world, we are back. I will continue to stand and fight and do the right thing for Arizona and America and never surrender. 87.
4: 87. Wow, at least, you know, he feels like he's living a life of purpose. Yep, run it again. I mean, you, you gotta, gotta admire that, I guess. Although, I'm not sure we need you, uh-huh.
5: sheriff. You know, we've been talking a lot about uh, ancient uh, gigantic birds and the like. Absolutely, and the uh, rediscovery of parrots, at all? Yeah, (laughs) of of semi uh, you know dinosaur like animals. Well, scientists with the uh, Smithsonian said they have discovered a new leech. In the D.C. area swamps, we don't
0: need another leech.
5: A paper recently published documenting the discovery of the leech, which is the first to be discovered on the <laughs> continent in over I'm forty sorry, years.
4: Washington State or Washington D.C.? D.C. Because they're, they're they're hip deep in leeches in Washington D.C. <laughs> senators. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey. Oh, the
5: leech is said to have three jaws, each of which contain fifty-nine teeth. Wow. And can suck five. Times their body weight in blood. Hello, wow, that is
4: some sort of leech. That's well, a hell of a lot of teeth. Imagine the uh, dental costs.
5: Indeed,
4: and those, those leech slash lobbyists.
5: All right, time now for another listicle. The other day we had the highest paid actors, and now Forbes is out with its list of the highest paid actresses in Hollywood.
3: You're- Forbes, at times, one of the more important publications in America.
4: Absolutely, it's source uh, of great journalism.
3: Yeah. And this. <clears throat>
4: Top five.
5: Here we go. We've got Jennifer Aniston coming in fifth place. Really? Still.
3: Wow. Is that because of her new show? It's a combination oh. of
5: endorsements, a new show, and other
0: uh, Oh, that's other right. Projects. She does yeah. a ton of ads for yeah. hair care products. Well, yeah. all that I think sort she of stuff. also did uh, Adam Sandler's latest movie. Yeah. And, uh, he, Adam oh, Sandler's right. on the list for all right. his next picks movies, yep. so a- he, he's probably very generous giving it around. Uh, and around. does
4: the back-end money from Friends factor into yes. that list? Because yes. she still gets enormous royalties from Friends. Yep. Anyway, Jennifer made twenty-eight million dollars over the
5: last twelve months. She's in fifth place, fourth highest-paid actress. Nicole Kidman with thirty-four million dollars. Mm. Reith, Weather Witherspoon's in third place. She banked thirty-five million dollars. Oh,
0: Reese Witherspoon.
5: <laughs> Both of those from
0: the the Big Little Eyes HBO right. thing. They threw a ton of money at these movie stars to get them to do TV.
3: You'd think Nicole Kidman could afford to buy a straight husband. <laughs> Wasn't she married to <laughs> Tom Cruise and then? Uh, urban keith urban keith you think keith
5: urban is uh, he's a very uh girly man is maybe it, she just likes him girly that could be second highest paid act uh paid actress sofia vergara modern family She really? really came in with 41 million dollars she's
4: doing a telenovela and in, in mexico or endorsements something? yeah endorsements uh, a ton she of those. Does a lot of commercials yep
5: and at the top of the list for the second year in a row
4: Scarlett Johansson That's almost
0: she, entirely from the Marvel movies yep.
4: Oh, right, yeah. right, right I thought we were going to hear old uh, Katniss Aberdeen's name What's her name?
0: Jennifer Lawrence She yeah, hasn't been it. doing stuff lately No, huh? huh? Anyway yeah. low She got married, didn't she? She was dating the director of that last weird movie she did, yeah. a Mother, uh, but they have since gone their ways because mm. people are complicated relationships are hard. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed.
4: <laughs> Saw uh, the Red Sparrow movie, some of that over the weekend, because uh-huh. I-, I like the book very much. It's actually a series of books, and it's very, very good. Um, it's as bad as they say that red sparrow
0: movie oh it's not
4: good oh it's terrible okay
0: <laughs> there's a reason on the publicity yeah. tour she was talking about how naked she got in it yeah that was that was the selling point come on see the- my boobies yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. yeah the books are quite
4: good though a lot of good spy craft stuff if you're into mm. that
0: yeah well scarlett
5: made 56 million dollars over the last 12 months thanks to the black widow solo film and avengers endgame Well, and she's such a weak superhero too
4: She's, like, good in a fight. She knows pretty karate, good. kind of. Yeah, she's pretty good in a fight. Wears a cat suit. There you what go. do! you got giant behemoths <laughs> crushing buildings. You got yep. people who can fly and, and they do all sorts of crazy stuff. And you got her. She's pretty good in a fight. I got a
5: pistol. Yeah, hey, so does everybody. <laughs> That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong Getty Show, the conscience
4: of the nation. <laughs> yeah, the... Uh, I think the uh, the paycheck has a lot more to do with the cat suit than it does the pistol. If you hear me talking, I want to dig a little more into this uh, this poll that's getting a lot of uh, attention the NBC Wall Street Journal poll on everybody's angry. Sixty nine percent of us are feeling a b- sustained boiling anger, nice. according to the headline.
3: And here and I, here's my tease. I've got the greatest example I can think of of why the world coming together to fight global warming is never going to happen. Uh-oh. Greatest example. What about the ice caps? Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
4: the Armstrong and Getty show
0: Remember the taller candidate has won every general election for president but I think three times only there's only three exceptions in the history of the republic so if you want to get rid of Donald Trump choose the tallest candidate <laughs> It is true that
3: the taller candidate of the two when you get down to the binary choice the taller candidate almost always wins De Blasio's 7 foot 2 He's the mayor of New York, and uh, but he's not going to—he's not going to be one of the candidates, so it doesn't make any difference. And uh, so Biden, who currently is the most likely person to become the candidate, we have a clip. I haven't heard this clip. Let's see if it's worth a darn.
5: I just spoke at a, at Dartmouth on health care at the medical school, or not? I, I guess I wasn't was actually on the campus, campus, but the people from, from the medical, medical school were at there. The, I, I want to be clear. I'm not going nuts. I'm not sure whether it's a medical school or where the hell I spoke, but it was on the campus. Okay. I want to be clear, I'm not going It was going on the campus and the dean of all Yeah, okay, that. that's
3: a good. Gaffler. Um, Gaffler. Yeah. Old man doesn't know where he is. I do agree with He's Bill wandering Mark. around. We can't all go Put crazy. Him on a leash. We can't <laughs> all go crazy every time Biden stumbles. Was somebody trying to make that into something? No, there was another one over the weekend where he referenced what if Barack Obama had been assassinated? Which was seen as a gaffe. I don't think it was a gaffe. It was just an odd thing to bring up in a speech.
4: Yeah, we don't we don't generally throw that sort of thing around,
3: right? But he's something about. I didn't quite understand his point. But could you imagine if Barack Obama had been assassinated? Um, I would have
4: been president. Unimaginable.
3: I don't know what his point was really. I didn't ever got it. But anyway, huh. Oh, I want to pay I want this to be off.
4: Clear. I'm not
5: going nuts. <laughs>
3: Uh, This is why the world is never going to come together to fight global warming. And there's no reason for us to tank our economy or any particular state's economy since you can't on your own have an effect on global warming.
4: See, that's the thing, youngsters, my earnest young friends, my concerned global citizen friends. If the doctors came in and said. This is very, very difficult to tell you, but if we take your leg, we can save your life you might let them take your leg you you are probably gonna but if the doctor comes in and says you know we're going to take your leg and it won't do you a damn bit of good you're probably going to say well don't bother sawing it off then that's the problem with a lot of what you're proposing what if the
3: doctor it says it would not help what if the doctor says i can save your life but i'm going to have to take your head
0: well it it would not <laughs> s- <laughs> it wouldn't solve it but i think it would help well, I'm not What sure. percentage and at what cost though?
4: Yeah, and we- and listen. If the answer can be brought to me enough and not too much, I'm in. Yeah. I'm not I'm not I don't work for Shell Oil. You I, don't. I, no, I de- well, I'm willing to though. Shell, I'm <laughs> right here. Make me an offer. I can I'll be wear a bought. Shell jacket and a Shell hat and Shell shoes. How clear can I make this? I can be bought. But anyway, it just it'll be a drop in the ocean. Um but pun
3: intended. I didn't really mean to get off on that tangent, but this is this is why it's the world's never gonna come together. So you got the richest seven countries in the world getting together over the weekend, the the G seven yes. and everything like that. And it's been a huge story in the news for last week of the Amazon fires. The rainforest there and how tragic it is and awful it is for the whole world. And what is it? It's our oxygen mill Uh, or whatever it's called. The the lungs of the planet. The lungs of the planet are the the forests in there. Save our lungs. The Amazon rainforest. And so he got all those rich countries together and they all got together and said, yes, we should do something. After all the impassioned speeches, they came up with a total of $20 million donated from all the richest countries. No, total. If it were oh, each, boy. it'd be ridiculous and sad. So less if it, than it were each, it'd be pathetic and awful, and are you kidding? It's $20 million total.
4: Less than $3 million per,
0: i.e., ipso facto, the price of like a shortstop who hits 225 <laughs> I, just, I just saw an article where Leonardo DiCaprio was donating $5 million. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. Wow.
3: So he de- donated a quarter of what... Uh, all the richest countries in the world are going to
4: make it. <laughs> By a couple of alert listeners have sent us a pretty solid scientific of saying that whole lungs of the planet thing is not true. The Amazon uses as much oxygen as it produces. Um, but I'm pro-tree, and I'm anti-it burning down, so I'm not saying that. But uh, that is something.
3: That just shows you. Eh, it's not, uh, you know, in theory, this is all a good thing, but I'm not going $20 million total. Yeah, as Ian Bremmer pointed out in his Twitter, Notre Dame reconstruction one point two billion dollars that they've got uh, raised from old French church, from a whole bunch of donations around the world.
4: Wow, wow, that's that's a little ouchy. Yeah, that's something. Yeah, you know those uncontacted tribes from the Amazon, mm-hmm. the primitive tribes. I'm always rooting for them to shoot the missionaries and the the, the dabblers and the the molesters. No, let leave let those them tribes alone. leave them alone. Cheminy, they got no social media. They're happy as can be. Oh, that reminds me. I, I may be the last person on the earth to bring up Instagram models. Um, I'm sure there's some 80-year-old economist somewhere who's less likely than me, but a couple of your big-name models, and I don't give a damn about models. How do you get to I be a big I could not name. care less. They all look alike. How do you become a big deal? It's just, I don't know. It's so dumb and has so little to do with anything that will make you happy or, or wealthy in your life. You know, panting after these models. But anyway, one of these models is so big I've heard of her, which is saying something. They are taking selfies of themselves. And, and I flipped through this article, and it's all about, look at my flat belly. Here's a little of my boobs. Here's, a, here's me looking super sexy in some really expensive clothing. But while they're doing it, these two models um, have a sticker on their phone that says, social media seriously harms your mental health. So as they're pouting at the camera, showing their flat bellies, they're displaying this phone case that says social media seriously
0: harms your mental health. Because right, one of the the more popular kind of mechanics of an Instagram photo shoot is you holding up the phone in front of you, taking a picture of your reflection in the mirror, thus showing the back of the mm-hmm. phone. So that's how the phone case gets into the the picture right. as well.
3: If uh, th- This might be hurtful to some of you, but if I spent any of my time looking at hotties on Instagram, I would be really sad for my own life that this is what I'm doing. Yeah. I just think it's pathetic.
4: Yeah. Pathetic.
3: If you're going to those on like a daily basis to see what outfit she's wearing today, you're sad.
4: God, join a church or mentor a child. Do something with your life. Good Lord, you're pathetic. Go down down to the Amazon with a hose. Oh, my do God. Do your part. Do something else. Together with the $20 million from the entire G7. What well, do you me. suppose they'd have donated if they didn't care? <laughs> Like a hundred bucks a pop? Eat rocks. Find something to do other than look at
3: Instagram models with the short amount of time you get on the planet, you sad sacks. Yeah. Easy, easy,
4: easy. You're not helping their mental health. Condemning them to calling them sad sacks. It's just now pathetic. they are. They were kind of a neutral sack earlier,
3: but now they're sad. Do you start commenting on them and start feeling like you got a relationship with them or something? Yes. Or? Oh, my
4: God. Because that makes you feel connected. Oh, that's rough. Yeah, I know it's rough, man. It's rough. It's rough. 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 <laughs> Transition music, Michael, if you'd be so kind. Two, three. Fabulous. So I'm looking at this big poll that's getting all this attention about uh the sustained burning anger in America. Man, see your physician if that burning is sustained. But they're you know, they ask a bunch of different questions, including uh, how satisfied are you with the state of the U.S. economy? And it runs from very satisfied to very dissatisfied and of course not sure. What would and, you answer? Uh, wow. Um Ask me the question, so I have time to think about How
3: it. How satisfied are you with the US economy?
4: And you got to so somewhat that. satisfied. Yeah, that's
3: what I would say. Yeah. I just don't see myself ever saying very satisfied. Or yeah. very dissatisfied. Although I don't know high. if I've
0: ever been very satisfied with anything.
3: <laughs> right. That's kind of what I'm saying.
4: Uh, you know, in in, in 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 the uh post uh, lovemaking throws I've been very, very satisfied with various things. <laughs> um the high point was in September of nineteen ninety eight when uh, very satisfied job, was 39 of uh, 31% and somewhat satisfied was 55% total of 86%. The low was in February of 09. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Immediately post crash and everything, 1% was very satisfied. The 1% Oh, yeah, God, I would and say. six percent were somewhat satisfied. The very dissatisfied or somewhat dissatisfied was ninety-two percent. Interestingly, during the high uh, poll in ninety-eight, one percent said, "Yeah, I'm not sure." <laughs> the same short sellers hit them in uh, uh, February of '09. Uh, still not sure.
1: <laughs> Don't really know. <laughs> Don't you ask me again next year.
0: Get yours in coconut
4: or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh?
1: A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes!
4: Wait! Did we just invent California?
1: Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.